Hello and welcome to Game Pass Forever, a standalone segment of the Outside is Overrated podcast. Each month we dive into a new game off the Xbox Game Pass lineup as voted on by our patrons. This segment exists because of the generous support of our backers on Patreon. If you enjoy this content, please visit patreon.com OIO and pledge $2 a month to support the show. Outside is Overrated is presented by Premier Health. Check out their website at premierhealthmn.com. That's premierhealthmn, as in Minnesota, dot com. I'm your host, Tom Sidlachik, and joining me today are the Hobby Box, Joe Burns. Heyo! And Mr. No Nickname, John Munch. Howdy, howdy. For Martin... The funny thing is, is I feel like you've had, like, multiple nicknames for him, you just don't remember from episode to episode. Yeah, well, I've called him Inevitable. Like, I know at least one nickname that I don't think is super appropriate, so I I, I just don't know what to call you, John. That's about right. Most of them are pretty inappropriate, you know. Yeah, not like, you know, rope. Mm-hmm. You For, go with something that rhymes with Munch, so it's like Captain Crunch himself, John Munch? I don't know. Do you great. like Captain Crunch at all or no? It is one of the best cereals that's ever been created, except for the whole cut through your mouth thing. My <laughs> kids just had it the other day and it blew their mind. This is amazing. Like that. Pure sugar I mean, and cornmeal. Like all your... good things come with a little bit of pain, so that's that's the, that's the whole point. That's what it's teaching people. Like the original crunch or crunch berries, John? Oh, the original peanut butter crunch. Peanut, peanut butter, butter crunch. crunch. Oh, peanut yeah. butter crunch is good. Yeah, yeah, that was my childhood. Anyways, for March's Game Pass Forever game, we played Hi Fi Rush. Developed by Tango Gameworks, this game launched in January and has an 87 rating on Metacritic. This studio is known for horror games, The Evil Within, and Ghostwire Tokyo. I thought that was fascinating. Like, having played this game, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is pretty interesting. What else has the studio done? Oh, okay, a couple scary games I'm never ever going to play in my entire life. And I think, oddly enough, this is probably the game with the highest Metacritic score that the developer has put out um which might be partially the reason why it's the only one that wasn't directed by the studio head shinji mikami and now he's gone so that might be part of the reason i think it could be something where he just needed something a change and it's hard i mean he was kind of the visionary behind resident evil 4 and uh that game in many people's respects is one of the best games if not the best game of all time and so it's kind of hard to Move on from that. And if I'm reading between the lines there, Burns, would you say that you hate him with a burning, fiery passion and that you would push Shinji Mikami in the lava if you got the chance? I honestly don't think I've ever played any of his games, so I I, I really have no uh, thoughts either way. Unless he was the director of the original Resident Evil, then I played that and I just couldn't handle tank controls. So and John, you, you should play RE4. You should play RE4. I'll play it when the remake comes out this year, I believe, right? Um, I'll probably give that a shot. I really do want to go back through RE2 and RE3 remake. I do own RE2 remake uh, because I heard that that's a phenomenal way to play the game and it fixes some of the problems that people had with controls. Um, And uh, so that's that's the main thing that kept me away from the series until I played 5 co-op with uh, a friend. So I'd definitely love to go back through the series and see what everybody uh, loves about it. Um, Cause I, 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 
the thing I really loved, I had a demo disc of the original Resident Evil. I think I told this story before on one of the podcasts, but uh, I used to listen to all of the sound clips because it's just this really campy, like terrible VO that's so great. And I used to listen to all that, like the Jill sandwich and everything. Um, it's just friggin' phenomenal. But then I played the game and I just couldn't, st- I couldn't get through it. So, <laughs> well, while we're speaking anyway. of Resident Evil, Hi-Fi Rush is anything but a horror game. It's a third-person action game where you smash enemies with a guitar in time with the beat. Burnsy, is it fair to call this my beloved rhythm melee co-op game? Yeah, that 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 would exactly be what it is. It's a you know third-person action melee. Yeah. Game. Yep. yeah, nailed it. The core gameplay loop involves running down some hallways, poking into some closets for some extra gears, clearing out some monster closets, then a big boss fight, and then regroup at HQ and buy some upgrades. Burnsy, you put this game up for our monthly vote. Are you happy with that choice? Yeah, I definitely am. Uh, it's, I mean, it's it's a, it's a bit of a change of pace from... Um, Crap, now I'm blinking on what we even played last month. But it's a change of pace from what we've been playing uh, a little bit. Ah, there you go. Ah, Surprising, I forgot it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, uh, I set him up, you knock him down, uh, uh, Tom. But uh, yeah, I I, I enjoyed the game a lot. It had a lot of... uh, It had a lot of... um, A lot of interesting stuff and a lot of heart. I think that's like the biggest thing that... Uh, I, I got through uh, out of the bits that I've played of it. Sure. And John, you're filling in because Casey had a lot going on this month. This is your first time on Game Pass Forever. First off, thanks for jumping in. We appreciate you. Second, how was the experience playing a game selected by our community, a game that uh, you voted either for or against? Uh, I like to get pushed out of my comfort zone when it comes to gaming. Because sometimes I'll just get in like the... Uh, a rut, right? I'm going to like, yeah, the next RPG, the next big thing, the next big thing. So it's nice to like say, oh, here's something that I may not have looked at and also then get to talk about and have other people's like, you know, engagement with. So it's not just me playing in the back. So it was fun. Well, it's super fascinating that you mentioned that, that uh, this was something outside of your comfort zone and that you were willing to play it and have a discussion about it. Because I can't think of a single other person like in our like mutual friend group that would... Uh, you know, just vehemently oppose that and, like, agree to cover something on a podcast and then play two minutes of it and say, yep, I'm done with this forever. I don't know who would do that. It's a it's appalling and <laughs> really just shows a lack of just, you know, consideration. Just lack of consideration, <laughs> lack of character, just, uh, oh, man, who would do that? At least watch a YouTube video and and like you played the game. I mean, <laughs> yeah, especially oh, if you can like watch a YouTube rundown of all the cutscenes in like two hours, and then like you could have totally put on airs and like known what happened with the really? stories and had an opinion about it, or or you just we totally watch. wouldn't have called this person this 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 person who may or may not exist out on the fact that there was no achievements for all that story. But hey, would have been the thought that counted. Yeah, oh, I just I just received the text <laughs> from the person we're talking about. It says, you guys make fun of me 13, 14 more times. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, man. Very <laughs> uh, uh, sweet. Yeah. Um, what was I <laughs> talking we, about? We were talking about how I like to get, how it was fun to like, you know, play something new. Something I may not have looked at without, you know, the community voting. Yeah. Bernsey, you uh, mentioned the heart that went into this game. What Was that the aspect... Can you guys hear that reverb of me hitting my mic stand? 
Because, like, it is buzzing in my ear. Holy much. cow. Uh, well, good thing I don't edit this show. That'll be riveting radio for everyone. Burnsy. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about the heart in this game. Is that the aspect that stood out most to you? I, yeah, I think it was, like, the characters and the interaction between them um, and just the general sort of feel of the game and the style of it, um, which I think was what kept me locked in to the game. Um, and if I would get frustrated with like the combat or something else in the game uh, and something would happen that would just kind of draw me back in with them. And so I think that's, that's by far to me um, a strong point uh, and the thing that stands out the most to me. And then John, you're the only one of the three of us that beat this game. What stood out to you out of the entire package? It's the characters and it's the overall tone of the game. Right, because it's it's a video game, right? This is not a like the it breaks the fourth wall. It, it's just being a video game, right? And that to me is just awesome. Where like sometimes like you know yeah you you have a robot cat who's this awesome robot cat, and now it's gonna like you know all of a sudden like oh people can like jump in and teleport in just because. It's a video game, and that's a cool game mechanic, and we're not going to spend too much time explaining the science behind it. So that, to me, and they do a really good job of, like, you know, Burns of putting heart into that character. Uh, and, and they have actually, like, if you if you beat the whole thing and you get through the end, which I recommend everyone, everyone do so. Play it. Just, just play through. They It has a good conclusion, and it's got a good, like, solid story underneath in addition to all the silly. So, yeah, characters and tone. Cliffhanger, you think uh, clearly leads to a sequel, or is this a complete standalone thing? This is a standalone thing. I mean, they totally could if they wanted to, right? Because it's a wacky video game world, right? So you could end up, you know, you know, rehashing stuff, bringing people back, creating a new big bad, whatever you need to do after you beat it. They could. Bring um, people back. Someone dies. Oh, my God. No one, God, made, spoiler made, alert! Spoiler! Oh my God! Right? right. No one, you know. Well, you beat a boss, mm-hmm. and like we play the same bosses again. You never know. Mm-hmm. 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 Thanks for ruining everything for me, John. Let's right. let's dive into the narrative. You play as Chai, who is part of a cybernetic experiment. It goes wrong and puts an iPod embedded into an Iron Man arc reactor into his chest. He's a defect in the system, and the evil Megacorp sets out to destroy him. So Chai bumbles his way through the corporation, fighting back, making friends, and smashing robots. Burns, did this story grab you? Yeah, definitely. I The setup, it takes a little bit of time for them to go through like the opening, um, but not as much as like one would think, or especially because instantly the vibes you get from the game, even though the, the gameplay is nothing like it, but just from it being like an anime-inspired game, uh, like it reminded me a lot of Persona 5 uh, in, in just like the style of it and what a lot of the things look like. Now, it has a different color scheme uh, and color palette that it utilizes, but it just had a lot of sort of similarities to that. It was almost like uh, the person that came up with this idea had played um, or had, had played Persona 5 and Bayonetta and then seen like demos for metal Hellsinger, And then this is like the baby that came out of all of it. Um, and so I, I, and I think every time they introduce new characters, each one of them has some interesting and compelling aspects to them. Um, especially 
it's right after the parts that we've talked about the most in our text chain. Um, you, yeah, you meet uh, you meet Cinnamon and uh, Macaron, and uh, especially Cinnamon is like the design of the character and the fact that you know he's a robot that's like a psychological robot that you know can't portray emotions because his face is solid but he draws on his face every single time to show what emotion he's trying to portray which i just think is it's just like a hilarious idea and there's there's all sorts of like little like tidbits thrown in with a lot of the robot characters specifically to give them a lot of that character and so um i feel like sure there's this overarching story this is much more of like a character-driven uh, experience. Um, you know, the plot is basically he's trying to take down these people that are trying to take him down, um, and he gets in league with people that want to do something bigger. Um, but ultimately, he's just trying to exist and be a rock star, which I don't think is ever going to happen. <laughs> like, him being a rock star, I think he'll escape. But, you know, uh, but it's 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 really neat and... Um, you know, with the iPod getting into his chest, that's how the whole rhythm aspect of everything gets worked into uh, the world and the gameplay, which I think is... its it, I always find it neat whenever the plot is, like, directly connected to, like, what you're doing. Um, and, like, the plot feeds into the gameplay elements and vice versa. I, I really like that, that aspect of it, which is also something that reminds me of Persona 5. Well, Bernsey, it's interesting that you see the Persona 5 fingerprint on this. The game that I immediately felt when I started playing this, something you absolutely abhorred, and I'm like, oh man, I don't know if Burns is going to be on board for this ride. I felt Sunset Overdrive in this game. I mean, I could see that, but uh, the gameplay is much better than Sunset Overdrive, so uh, it, it, it definitely has that over it. I uh, I thought I felt the same thing, to be fair. Right? And I hated sunset overdrive for the same reasons that burns did right but this had none of the like wonkiness to me that this was polished right sunset overdrive to me had a bunch of wonkiness and this was just so much this was like you know streamlined down right i, I wouldn't go that far there there's definitely some some wonkiness at times that i ran into um with uh, a few of the things that I was doing with the gameplay, um, but it wasn't struggling against how the game controlled all the time, like I did with Sunset Overdrive. Um, so yeah, I, I so I, I did run into a few things that felt like hiccups, but then again, for a game that was made on a cheaper budget, I don't even know what it sells for. Since it's on Game Pass, I never really understand what it sells for. I'm guessing it's something that's like $20 on the Microsoft Store. Maybe it's $30. Um, but, or else it's very, also it's just exclusive, exclusive to Game Pass. That could be it too. But usually they sell it on the Microsoft Store for people that don't have Game Pass. But um, I can look that up while we while we chat some more too. But um, but no, I, I, I think the story is great. What do you think of the story, Tom? Well, I want to pass it off to John here. John, I know that you are a huge fan of The Witcher 3, and you're like right in line with Burns and me and our love for narrative experiences. Would you say that Hi-Fi Rush is on the same plane as The Witcher 3, or maybe just a touch below it? Or where where does it rank on the narrative pantheon? So Hi-Fi Rush is like a really, really simple quest in The Witcher 3 
that just has tons of memorable little funny moments and all kinds of things about it. It's not this big epic grand scaling thing, and you know how it's going to end. Like You know where this train is going, right? But it's just fun along the way with the characters that you with. So, you know, if you took this team, I don't know if this game, like, and this team will be able to make a big, sweeping, serious epic, but boy, can they say, here's the, the feeling we want to get through on this story, and we want you to feel this way about these characters by the end and have fun getting there, and they nail that. So, it, you know, yeah, different feels, but, like, just squish down. So you're saying just a little bit more complex narrative and then like nudity and then it'll be just like Witcher 3, right? Just like the Witcher 3, right? <laughs> right. Although if you put nudity in, then it might be more like Metal Gear Solid 2 where it's like flipping around all naked down the hallway. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Awesome. You handled that question remarkably well for me not uh, giving you any heads up that it was coming. Nice work, my friend. John, you played this whole thing. I know you enjoyed it. What uh, what aspects of the story or which characters really stood out to you? Where What were some of the highs along this journey for you? Uh, growth, right? They actually do a really good job by the end of, like, you know, making the characters actually, all of them grow in some way, shape, or form. So they all kind of get their big, like, moment or they're being like at the end, you're like, oh, okay, you're not the same as you were when I first met you, which is really cool. So where I'm at in the game, Chai is still kind of a lovable goober. Does he actually, how does he progress from being like this kind of lovable idiot that's just smashing things with his guitar? He's still a lovable idiot, right? That he that, like, And maybe that's just it. Like they grow, but they don't lose who they are. Like he's still like as core, this lovable goofball idiot. But and still doing crazy wacky things, but there's that level of like you know you know when he starts out his whole thing is like do 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 going to get a robot arm so I could be a superstar do 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 and now he's doing something bigger by the end, right? So it's that like hey I can like do more, right, and be bigger than just this like you know, this idea of a rock star. So, like, by the end of it, he's working, like, this corporate job. He probably joins the corporation. Like, he buys a house. He's paying a mortgage and, like, paying for baller Wi-Fi. That's it. That's the big <laughs> twist. Actually, it turns into a family sim by the end. And it's all about how he's given up on his music, right? There's a whole homage to Back to the Future 2 where he's sitting in the, you know, in the lounge trying to play guitar. And he can't anymore because his robot hand's all rusty. And you call it. You, you, you figured it out. Yeah, nailed it. I am like a narrative master. And, and Zanzo comes up and he's like, Mr. Chai, Mr. Chai. I'm like, That's right. <laughs> uh, next, let's spend some time talking about the combat. Everything in this game is in time with the music. You string together combos by landing hits on the beat. You fight a bevy of corporate robots and larger than life bosses. John, you're a musician. Did the combat strike a chord with you? Yeah, see, I see what you did there. Right, that's 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 nice. That's and good hosting, right yes there. And, yeah, yeah, yes and no. Right, they do a great job of adding in layers. Right, like yeah, you start out a little bit by little bit, but I will tell you, you know, I, like I beat the whole game. I really just used like the one main combo where I was just like X X X, wait, and then big X, and that's and then the the fun part for me was as you meet more characters. 
right, you can use your triggers to bring them in, right? So then you're timing the trigger in. So when it when it is sailing and awesome, it's fantastic because like the music is great and they, they do a fantastic job of like, because, you know, you're hearing the same song when you're running through the level and then you're playing the chorus of that song when you're like at a boss battle or this or that. So they do a good job of like, not making those that music boring and making your hits like kind of groove the music, but they didn't do a good job in like, hey, you know, help me get better or put me in situations where I have to use these different moves, right? Because you have your light attack, right, and you have your heavy attack, and, and it's it's cool how they did that because you know you could think of like a, a four beat measure if you're a musician, you know, one, two, three, four. That'd be your light attacks. Well, if you're doing a heavy attack, you do your heavy and then it's a rest and then you do your heavy and it's a rest. You have to kind of figure out that timing. And I guess as a musician, it was fun for me because my brain just clicked and I'm like, yep, and I'm feeling the beat and then I'm going to right trigger and I'm going to have them come in and then I'm going to keep doing it. And there's my little thing on the screen. But there was never anything, though, where I was really penalized. I didn't die until I got like actually to like the final two bosses where things kind of took a little bit of a ramp upwards just because of, of how the bosses were structured. Yeah. I died like a hundred times just doing the parry mechanic. Super duper duper fun. Bernsey, I'll pivot yeah. to you in a second, but first John, you played over 17 hours of this game, primarily using one combo. Pretty much. And that Pretty was much. fun. Uh, yeah, because the characters were fun. Right. The characters were fun. The exploration was fun. It was, like, you know, I and I would actually say, like, some of that might have just been the Xbox being online. I don't think it took me 17 hours to, to be. I don't think there's 17 hours of actual gameplay in that. It's probably just sitting in rest mode. Right. Or before it got into rest mode was uh, some of that. Right. Uh, and some of that was like, you know, me playing on my phone and trying that out and falling asleep. So, but, you know, uh, yeah, just still use the one combo and like the aerial launch combo because that's all I needed. Bernsey, did you like the one combo wonder that is Hi-Fi Rush? <laughs> I mean, I I used multiple combos. Um, most of the time, it would just be stumbling into said combos, and then it's like, oh, okay, I carried off a combo. That, that's so. I a little bit about like me. I really like fighting games, but I'll never be good at fighting games because I can't remember combos. So combo-based fighting games like Street Fighter, like are, I just don't remember things other than like two or three things. But even in the moment, like I'll revert back to those at some points, but then otherwise it's just sort of like, okay, I'm going to do this and this. And I don't know. It's, <laughs> I guess, whereas as John was just trying to do the one thing that was a consistent beat all the way through i guess i was doing jazz <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> it sounded like crap but other times it worked out fairly well uh so i think that's kind of that's kind of maybe how i played through through the game what were your rankings right because you know it's it's very video gaming again every time you finish a, a fight and they're always they're always contained right so it's not like you're running around and it's just always just random enemies hitting you you walk into a zone the enemies spawn there, and then it's a predetermined battle you're going to have, right? So they know, oh, great, yeah, you did it. And, this, and it's time. It's like how long it takes to clear, what your score is, and like how on the beat. So I got A's or S's on everything, except for like a couple of the, the end boss battles. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're totally not as, making faces as, at John as, as he says that. musician to be on like the podcast about the rhythm <laughs> game, and that's what you're gonna get, right? But so, like, I'm curious, how were your guys' scores? In on the flip side, we could have had Casey like manhandling the <laughs> controller, like uh, he's got his hands over the sticks and the face buttons, just like ah, <laughs> remapping everything so that like he could hit the D-pad with his nose. Yeah. I bet you it would be he would put his 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 mitts over the top of it and slam the controller on a table <laughs> to do everything and it's just the controllers hitting the table at a beat. And he's just like ah, 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 Oh, I ah, see. Ah, the beats are in the controller. That's right. <laughs> he's not even here to defend himself, guys. He's never even played a video game before. Cut him off. <laughs> he's just like Crow Magnon man here, uh just like oh, oh, oh. Move, move. <laughs> <laughs> to answer your question, John, I was in like the C range most of the time. Occasionally I'd score higher. I always did well in the clear time because I would attack with a lot of aggression. Um, I just in time with the beats would be like 40-50% most fights. Yeah, I was playing on hard mode. Oh, God, Ben. And so, uh, and it really, it really wasn't that, it really wasn't that bad, like, there was a couple of boss battles where I died a few times until I figured out exactly what I needed to do at certain points. Um, but otherwise, like, most of the time, mobs weren't bad, especially... Like, the first time you encounter certain bigger, like, bad guys, it, it maybe take a little bit to figure out what you had to do to get around them. Um, but otherwise, it wasn't too bad. Until I got to the parry boss, um, Brutal, aptly named... Um, because that was, that was not so great on hard mode. Um, as I saw online, other people had said as well, but, uh, it was not so um, great on not hard mode. Yes. Yes. But I, uh, so I would have like an S usually for the completion time and I would usually have, I can't remember what the top one was. Um, but I would have like a, it would usually be like an A for the top one, a D for timing, and then an S for completion time, which depending upon exactly how that needed out, I would usually end up with a B or an A. I don't know if I got an S. I might have had an S on one or two confrontations, but that's it. The the other thing that I loved about it, and probably why I only used the one combo, is your L and your R bumpers, right? Mm -hmm. Would R does a dash, and if you would dash to the beat, it would keep your combo going, right? So you're not draining down and it keeps like your combo running. And then L does your grappling hook. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was always like smack, 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 grappling hook, go over here and like to the time. So like I was just like flying all around the battle, right? And like, oh, and like, cause the, when you get to the point where you pass where you guys are, right? And you have all of the characters you're gonna have then you get into this fun rock, paper, scissors type thing where, like, this guy has a shield. Call in Peppermint. This guy has the, like, the heavy armor, and you have to have Macaron come and punch the armor because that's his skill. And, like, but it takes two punches, and he's slow to recover. So then you got to, like, spin around the board and kill little guys while you make the charge back and go back and then pop the arm. So that was why the, the combat was fun. The other things that I was doing, kind of negated the need for me to say, I'm going to use the heavy, heavy, light, light combo and this and that and, like, hold the button down, like, spin and charge up. I'm like, no, no, I'm just jumping around and calling in friends and just hitting with my guitar. It was fun. 
Yeah, that sounds awesome. Except for the beat part. Like I'm I'm all in on like flying around, hitting all the mobs like Spider Man and then calling in your friends. But like man, the the rhythm element, although I think it was done well, it is not for me. The one thing I will say though, and you know, it's kind of hard since it wasn't that long ago that we played another game with rhythm elements and Metal Hellsinger. The one thing I will say is that you can at least still play this game and and do well at it without really being on beat at times. Um, whereas Metal Hellsinger, you were punished extremely unless you turned on like the where your whatever you did was always on the beat mode. Um, and so I feel like this game was at least playable without really thinking about that too much. Yeah, it was playable for those Metal of us Hellsinger. without any rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So um, I think that I think that did. Uh, I think that that at least you were still able to enjoy the game even without that. And I don't know. I, I thought I was doing things on beat a lot of the time and then I would get a D on that. So then pretty early on with the timing stuff, I was just like, well, I don't know, I'm just not going to pay attention to those scores. Try to get an S in the bottom one. See if I can get an A on the other on the overall and then that'll be good. Yeah, and I fought to live. And, I didn't worry about the score at all. I was like, all right, I won. I don't care what the score is. We're progressing this forward. And that parry mechanic is really tough because the way the parry mechanic would work is all of a sudden a, a mob would be like, I'm going crazy, right? And then it, like, jumps back and it says, like, burning scream. And then it, like, gives you a rhythm, right? And then you have to remember what that rhythm is, right? And then hit your parry button to so it gives you like when to start hitting the parry you have to remember what that rhythm is there is an entire boss fight where you have to do that uh and Pass. it is like and and they add in not just hitting the parry button but then dodging at the same time so it's like parry 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 dodge parry parry right and you have to remember that right and then if you don't, you fail, right? And then, like, if you get it, sweet, then if you one-hit the button after that, you get to kill the mob in one hit, which is always satisfying, right? You nail that last piece. Well, it's good to know right now that I'm just never going to finish this game. Like, it's like, okay, I enjoyed my time with this, and now when we finish recording this, I am going to delete it from my hard drive, and I will just never touch it again. I had fun with it. Which is but... sad. It's that, you know what, if, if you enjoyed your time with it, what I'd recommend, go, like, watch a playthrough because the boss fights are all super unique did you guys i forget where i think the parry stuff comes in with the guy who's the research and development guy yeah. with the with like the crazy so you haven't gotten to that boss battle yet have you right no so you know and, and very very minor spoilers but how the boss battle actually gets designed is the way you defeat him is by having eventually you end up in like virtual reality rooms he's throwing all these enemies at you and the way you defeat him is by like like blowing his budget, right? So then they like throw a budget counter on the top and you're doing, right? And you're like, you're goading him and you're That's like, good. make that volcano bigger, right? And all this stuff and you see his budget go down. And like, you know, he's talking to the robot guys and the robot guys are like, man, that's gonna kill the budget. We don't have enough programmers, you know? So they do really Clever. fun stuff with the boss battles and again, acknowledge it it's they it's a video game right we're gonna do some weird funny stuff with it and like that like when they did that i was like oh this is great one of the best boss fights i've experienced in a game in a long time that sounds awesome and i'm really glad that you brought up the boss fights i thought of you early on with uh when i was fighting wreckage on i'm like 
this big larger than life boss I'm like this feels like a from boss with like a very borderlands 2 coat of paint on it did you get the same impression from these boss fights i know that you're a bit of a from software fan did you feel any similarities there uh you know there was like you know that like how you kind of give the intros and like i could i could feel yeah i get that comparison like the difficulty no right because you can just go in and button smash and do all those things Although, you know, when I fought Rekka, all I could think about was Burns because she walks in and she goes, hey <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wrote it down. I was like, oh, my gosh. She's hot box. hey Burnsy, we found your soul, Wrestler, it was so funny. Oh. I have to get my uh, my championship belt that says boss and hang it up behind me then, I guess. That's right. Yeah, I got a championship belt in this room, but uh, I got a cat on my lap, so you'll have to see it some other time, Burns. I threw away your destiny patches, by the way. Thank God. <laughs> I'm sorry you oh, left them here. I just wanted to say one thing about... Uh, so, the thing with the parry mechanic that... Or that, at least how it's introduced, right? And I actually... I didn't struggle with the parrying when you went up against, like, the different lasers and so on and so forth. Um, and But when I was fighting against... Brutal, the robot boss that's at the end of like the parry tutorial, basically or tutorial fight. Um, I, I, the problem I had with it was when it does it every other time before that. Um, you know, and I was I was a drummer in elementary school, high school, some in college. So it's like I understand beats and how a beat works and how measures work and so on and so forth. And so you'd fight those lasers and you'd do the parry by like bump 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 or bump 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 right and then it would tell you the the preference you know it would be like bump 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 and then and then there's a like a rest and then you hit bump 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 with the with the boss one at least on on hard mode and i heard that the timing is a lot trickier on hard mode but it's like you got bump 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 but or it's bump 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 it's like a, it's like a it's it like takes up the whole measure with that. And then you get like the circle on the screen for a split second and the timing of that, it doesn't like flow into if it was like a measure into another measure when you would just pick up if you were like copying someone like you do and you learn how to do anything. There's like a little bit of like an extra half rest and it just threw my timing off completely and made it so that I, I basically just had to keep trying the stupid thing until I, like, timed the first one right. Because once I hit the first one right, I would get the rest of them. Sometimes, if I didn't get the timing right on the first one, I would catch enough of them to stay alive a couple of times. Um, but usually it would kill me. And, you know, that wouldn't have been so bad if that wasn't the worst checkpoint at that point in the game. But you're bounced back, and you have to play through, like, the three waves leading up mm -hmm. to that. And it was just like, my gosh and I'm, I'm like well i mean i'm taking damage because it's pretty easy to take damage in this game but like i'm coasting through the first three fourths you know four fifths of the fight but then it's like this boss i'm getting through the boss like i figured out how i'm handling things with the boss too but then i get to that last little bit and that's the very end of the fight and it was just it felt like i i knew what i needed to do i just the timing was so like meticulous and it was so hard to try to get it down on that um and i know that some people i saw online like they said they turned it down to normal and then they were able to do it 
It's just, I think the timing with the extra beats are, are the extra like button presses that are added in for it to be on hard mode, I think is what like threw it off just a little bit and made it a little bit more challenging. Um, you know, but once I went through that, it's just like, okay, well, um, hopefully I don't have to do that again. Now I heard that I will have to. So there's, there's that to think about, but the, I remember what you're talking about and yes, there is, there's like this weird ramp up on that, that final boss to it. And it, it caught me off too. I'm like, why isn't this working? Why? And then I just finally got it. Okay, sweet. Yeah. I got past yeah. it. The, the other boss where you have to do the timing is not. But you've done it enough by then, it's, it's good, and it's not as difficult. I, okay. I didn't run into any problems with that. Yep, I'm skeptical. Was there anything else about <laughs> the uh, combat that you guys enjoyed, or should we move on to the next part? I think we can move on. I'm good. I, I think otherwise I enjoyed the combat. The one thing that I ran into issues with, and I tried to go back and look at the controls. So is there a button to lock on in this game? No. That's why I didn't think so. So I had problems multiple times where i have to hit one certain thing and no matter what i could do chai would not focus on that thing for the life of me so there's the one guy that's like a tricycle and he has the spear that he thr throws into the ground and it it shields everything else and nothing sucks more than it's like i have to hit this one thing but anything gets near me, and it's just like, oh, you know, it's like uh, Chai is the dog from Up. He's like, squirrel, I'm going to hit this thing that I can't do any damage. Oh, look, I hit this thing, you know? And it's just like, no, hit the freaking little umbrella thing that's that's shielding all these things. Um, and, so that was one thing that we that was a little bit of a problem for me. And that might be where, because I ran into the exact same problem. I wonder if maybe I used more than one combo. That might help you, like, oh, because there is some, like, AoE-type endings of combos, and maybe that's what it's designed for. They really yeah. don't spell that out. I'm used to being able to, like, I want that thing. And I would just use my grappling hook and just bounce around the guys until I got to the one I wanted. That's close enough. And now I'll call in, you know, uh, gosh, I forgot his name, the guy with the uh, big guy. Macaron? Macaron. Macaron, thank you. I want to say Macaroon. Macaron. Yeah, I just called him in and had him smash them. Okay, good. He blew what I needed to take out. And then on, on that same note, um, some of the special attacks, uh, <laughs> I would have something lined up in front of me, and I'd do the special attack, and then the one that I was doing a lot near the end was Peppermint comes in, and then you do like this sort of like, they just shoot forward in a line and hit everything that's in a line of them. And what, maybe a fourth of the time when I did that, they would plop down and aim at absolutely nothing. And I would hit nothing with the special attack. And it's just like, yes, there's five enemies in the room and I want to shoot it at this freaking wall. Of course, that's what I want to do, game. Guess who didn't change his special move from the beginning special move? <laughs> I Even knew if I could. You did? I knew I could, but I'm like, Oh, this works. I, it lets me kill bosses. It lets me kill the big, uh, like, great. I get, I get my special move. I want to kill this guy. He's big. Use it. Done. Sweet. Yeah, and I didn't, uh, I didn't buy any others because I was prioritizing other upgrades. Yeah. Speaking of upgrades, between missions, you go back to the hideout. You can chat with your partners, pet the robot cat, check progress on in-game achievements, and buy upgrades. Burns, did you like this respite between missions? I did, for the most part. Um, I, I, I like the fact that it's like... You know, because most of the game up until that point, especially when you get the action, is it's very, like, 
fast paced. You're, you're moving a lot. And so it's like this breather and time to sort of reflect, get like a reflection on what happened to that last mission and then get a clue as to, or you get the story that's leading you to the next mission then. And so from that perspective, I think it was a really good way to, to put it together. Um, and then having it like the little hideout, I always enjoy when there's like a hideout in games and you can see, like they have the mural to show your progress as to, as you're unlocking the achievements, I thought was a really cool idea. And then you have like the little bulletin board where you can see the graffiti that you collected. Um, and then the tablet where you could look at all of the um, like like uh, text logs that you found as you went through, which some of those are freaking hilarious, by the way. Um, and so I liked all of that stuff. The thing that I hated the most about that was the achievements themselves when you go to look at them. It is the dumbest, <laughs> like, implementation of, of like, a list of things uh, in a video game. Because it's basically, like, you just got to go down through line by line. And it doesn't move all of the things that you have unlocked to the top. You have to go through, like, like 10 question mark, question mark, question mark ones to find the other one. And sure, you can just do the unlock all button. And then not know what the hell you're unlocking and what you have to do to unlock things. But that's dumb. Like, show me the things that I'm working on so I know what I need to do to try to unlock more of this stuff. Well, it's like reading a redacted budget report, right? Like, that's fun for everyone, isn't it? <laughs> Just go line by line by line. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's the one thing that just, like... There's so many other, like, really well done, um, like, UI things within the game... And it's just like, that was something I, I feel like that was something where it's like, okay, we're going to come up with a different system for this at some point, And then they never got back to it. And they're just like, okay, well, ship it. You know, I, that's what it feels like, which is understandable. Yeah. That's just what I was going to ask you. If that was just like a time and money problem and like the achievement list, they probably had some grand plan for and you're just like, well, time to go. Yeah, probably. That's, that, that's what I would guess. Um, which is, I mean, it's a, it's a very minuscule part of the game. But it's still, it's just like, if, you know, I'm the type of person that's fine with just sort of sitting and hanging out in the hangout for a while. But if I just wanted to come in quickly and look at a few things and then jump into the next level, uh, yeah, you're not going to be able to do it if you're trying to look through the, uh, the achievement list. It would also be really good if it were able to show you a list of, like, achievements that you're close on from the start menu uh, or the pause menu when you're in there. So you know, like, okay, I'm going into another fight. Um, what are some things that I, like, need to do? Is there, There's this one combo I need to do three more times and I unlock an achievement. It'd be perfect if they could show that within the pause menu. So it's like, oh, I know I got this achievement. Do this three more times. I got it. That'd be perfect. Burns, you're uh, being ridiculous. That technology doesn't exist. <laughs> no, not at all. No, no, no. Burns, you like the respite? In or not Burns, the other guy. You, Hoosiers. You like the respite? Yeah, lunch. Uh, I did. I did. I will second everything Burns said. Right. I, uh, I I do like to collect the the achievements and like check off the boxes. And yeah, I was like, this mural is really cool. I like watching stuff fill in. That's really neat. But like, I don't know what I need to do next. So uh, that yeah, that was definitely kind of late. But the, the one thing I really liked about it is you get a chance to talk to all the characters, right? But it's not like basically it's it's always the same, right? I go in, I talk to Peppermint, 
you're going to get to ask her two questions, get a little bit of background, and that's it. You talk to Cinnamon, you, you know, you pet the cat, right? You do the same things. You get like two conver- little conversation things to flesh out those characters, right? And that's it. And to me, I was like, ooh, that is fantastically bite-sized and like succinct, and I loved it. And like now I'm playing like uh, Pathfinder Kingmaker, which is the exact opposite, <laughs> <laughs> right? And I'm like, oh, that's why this was so refreshing, right? But it's it. I, I love that how like it just kind of brought that all together in that in that space. And they do some fun things with the hangout throughout the game too. So it's really cool. I wanted to bring that up with both of you because back on our Ratchet and Clank discussion uh, late last year, middle of last year, whenever we did our Ratchet show, uh, you both mentioned how you want to consume every piece of content that's within a game. You want to hear every line of spoken dialogue. You want to read every single thing. There are audio logs, or not audio logs, but there's little data pads that you read throughout this game. Is there enough stuff in this game to satisfy you both? Were you happy with the little trinkets lying around or would you have liked more? I actually, because I was just having fun zooming through, uh, which being able to go back and read and make this next, I was like, okay, cool, there's one of those things. Perhaps be uh, skim it. Oh, that one's funny. I'm going to read the whole thing. I didn't read through all of them. But they're really, really cool because they are, like you joked earlier about, like, he's going to join the business and this and that. They're all usually, like, internal memos from, like, uh-huh. the boss that you're fighting on that board eventually. So yeah. it was, they tie in really good. So they were really, really funny. Um, but yeah, plenty of little things to pick up and collect. My my favorite one was the uh, the logs that you're finding of the person that's putting all of the arrows up when you're down in the magma <laughs> level. It's so funny because it's just like these arrows are going to be the best thing, and they're pointing people in the direction that they need to go. And then you find this crumpled up robot in the final audio log or the final text log of it. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, I can't get any further. There's this thing here that some greater being will maybe be able to make use of. And it's like the little hanging rail. And it's just like, and I've fallen and hurt myself and hopefully someone finds me. And it's just like, it's so funny. There's also some really, really cool like characters that aren't the main characters that have like running gags for everything. Mm-hmm. Like the little helper bot that helps you is fantastic. He's great. But there is like, I don't, I'm trying to figure out like it, there's like this hard boiled detective, yep. right? And his little sidekick. And he's like talking about like, it, like always like, the, the world is horrible and I can't believe that <laughs> the thing is going bad. Like, let me tell you about like, he's like, yeah, boss, right? Like I, every time I was like, oh, yes, this guy. I love this guy, right? So like, there's stuff to find that is it, exciting in each board. Did you find those two in the uh, volcano board next to the treasure chest? Yes. That was hilarious. They, uh, the hardwell detective was like, "We should make these e- easier." And then the little guy's like, "Oh well, if they work harder for it, don't they appreciate the reward more?" And uh, then the detective just goes on this long diatribe. Do we lose Burns? No, I'm here. I'm listening. Oh, that was very stoic. Look at that, Burns froze. Was it raptured? Yeah. Uh, that was my favorite moment, and it ties into another thing. This game is very jokey, and John, you mentioned that it's a very video gamey video game. Did you guys enjoy the humor in this game, or did any parts of it fall flat? Because for me, I thought it was really freaking funny, and I, uh, I should have started a list of all the jokes that I thought were just terrific in this game. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I thought I, I did in like 
each of the characters were funny in their own way. Um, you know, obviously, like, Peppermint is much more like the, the straight man to Chai's just, you know, off-the-wall, random, just stupid humor type of person. Um, so uh, and they you're work saying well. you're Peppermint and I'm Chai? I don't know. I do lots of stupid things too. So I I don't even know if that's how this works. (laughs) Whoever the third person is, is always the straight person. (laughs) That must be Mr. Cinnamon. (laughs) Mr. Tom. Oh, Mr. Tom. (laughs) Oh, that's impressive that you drew an expression on. Uh, One joke that really stood out to me that I just thought was so like topical and funny was like, Chai accidentally starts a, like a zoom meeting with all the evil overlords of this company. And like one of them starts going on his evil rant, but he's on mute. And like someone had to interrupt him and say he's on mute. And that just cracked me up, man. I thought it was great. Yeah. And, and I don't know. There's just, I think that's the thing that helps make this game, like take this game to the next level. Right. Is that, they have those little bits like the detective that you find there or the Lucille bots who are just like these yeah. bots that hate their jobs and are just like this curmudgeon, but they're still doing their job. Um, and I think like all of these little types of different types of bots and then the other characters, like either the characters you're fighting or the characters that join your your group, um, all of them add just this this interesting nature to everything and this sort of different type of humor and if you don't connect with one thing you'll probably connect with something else and it just makes the levels feel much more alive instead of just being a hack and slash uh on a beat you know the world is real right and like they do an amazing job of like creating vandalay industries and as you're doing all these different boards you end up in different areas where like yeah the robots are doing, they're, they're like, you know, real life doing whatever they do as employees of Mandalay Industries. And like, it really makes me want to see now under different direction, right? A different focus. Like, what can this team do? Like, what what is their next big project? Because if they can keep that level of world building and that level of just humor Right. I would love to and like and then just smooth out the edges and like not have it be a rhythm game. I want to see what they do. I'm all in favor of the next project not being a rhythm game. John, would you rather see that next project from this team or would you rather see Hi-Fi Rush as the next HBO like miniseries? Ooh, no, I, I would love to see Hi-Fi Rush as an anime. Right. Uh I don't think Pedro Pascal could pull off Chai. Oh, he could. Right? Pedro Pascal can do anything. He was masterful as a wish guy in Wonder Woman 84. True. Pedro Pascal True. is hilarious, too. So I, he I, he is great. Maybe, maybe, he, maybe he could do it. But no, I want to see their next game. Right. I want to see what they come up with. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about upgrades. We talked about how you can buy upgrades back at HQ. You can buy things like new combos, special attacks, or items like health upgrades or chips that can tailor the experience to your playstyle. Joey, where did you focus your uh, gears on upgrades? So, um, like my, the thing that I would recommend to anybody uh, playing it is don't go left to right in the menu go right to left in the menu because the stuff on the right, uh, you know, the chips and then the uh, items specials um, cost a lot more than the stuff on the left. And so, or, or in the items too, 
like the, the you know in order to upgrade certain things uh, like your health uh, to the next level of health or to uh, get more chip slots. Like, look at that stuff and how much those cost before you buy that $7,000 combo or 7,000-bit up combo because it's like, <laughs> I don't know how many times I screwed myself. It's like, okay, let's look at what items are. Oh, yeah, these are all like 30,000 gears. Like, I I shouldn't have spent, I shouldn't have bought those three combos that I'll probably never use. <laughs> okay, so we have some things to unpack here, Burns. Like, I remember, I think it was The Witcher Show, which all three of us were on once again, but you're talking about how you had all these skill points built up for Geralt and you just didn't know what to spend them on. Now we come here to Hi-Fi Rush and you're just, like, buying move combos off of the first hand without like taking a full look at everything that was available like before i spent one single gear like i'm like okay what's gonna make the biggest impact here and like oh life 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 can't afford any more life reverb and save up for life yeah i think it's i think it's because it's set up in a different um vein right it's like a shop as opposed to it being like, this is your upgrade screen where you do all these things that are specific to this. Like, I think since everything's mixed together in one shop, that's where it changes, where it's just like, oh, okay, here's the first shop. Let's look at what we got here. That kind of looks, oh, it's a new combo. I might do something like that. Oh, it's an air thing? No, I just mash one button when I'm in the air. That's it. So I'm not going to do that one, <laughs> you know? And then I bought, like, three special attacks, um, and switch between them at times in the game. Um, they're all interesting and different. You guys really should try. You get an achievement for just buying one and equipping it, for crying out loud. So you should at least do it once just for an achievement if if that's all you do. But but they're all interesting and very different. So, like, uh, two, the two that I bought, one of them you jump on your guitar and then you surf around the environment. And every dude you hit, like, you pick up and you keep dragging them and do damage to them successively. Now, it's kind of a pain to aim yourself as you're skimming around. But if you catch a bunch of them or you got, like, a huge amount of enemies in the small area, like, you could do a lot of damage with that. And then the other one was the one I mentioned before where... In a straight line, you just hit everything, and you just sit there and wham, 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 wham as peppermint, bam, 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 at the same time. And so, um, I don't know. I would recommend looking through them because there's lots of really neat and interesting uh, and very different sort of special abilities, different ways that you can use that aspect. Well, Burns and I took very different paths to the uh, upgrade tree. John, as somebody who beat the game, what uh, what advice would you have or recommendations would you have for people focusing on upgrading their character in Hi-Fi Rush? Gosh, it pains me to do so, but I have to agree with Tom. You buy the health tank, then you buy health, 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 right? And then you go and you do, when you get chips, you got to buy a couple chips that will, like, help you extend your combo, right? And then, like, you buy the chips that also, like, there's certain chips that, like, will help you draw in more health. And that's what I did. I was like, great, I want to live forever. I never want to die. Ramp up my health so I have an extra health chest which, or tank, which is like an energy tank in Metroid. Right? And I'm good. And then I bought all these combos that I never used. I should have probably just tried some of the special moves. So how many chip slots do you end up getting? Because um, that's Ooh. the one thing. You only get four. You only get four, at least from what I could what I could tell. Ugh. Maybe maybe you can ramp them up. But yeah, you know. It the, pains me. I see what they're again. I, I see what they were going with, and I wonder if like if I ramp the difficulty and keep pushing, right? But there is, I think, there's only like eight to ten songs, right? And yeah. while they're all awesome, like 
they're not that awesome that I'm like, I'm going to go play these, this game and yeah. hear these songs over and over again, right? So if you had a little bit more of that score chase, right, tied into it, I could see where like, oh, yeah, now I got to – I got to get this because I need macaron to do this more and do that. I can see where the synergies were, yeah. but it just isn't, to me, wasn't worth the time. Well, and it's interesting because the the chips themselves, um, you can upgrade them up to three times, but for each upgrade you do of it, it takes up an extra slot. And so then it's like, I'm glad I didn't upgrade any of them because that's what I was, because that's before I like was going to upgrade any of them. I was like, well, how many slots do these take up? Because it's like, sure, it would be awesome to make my combo, like the time between combos, like last last longer so that I can make longer combos. But I'm not going to upgrade that three times if I can only do one other chip and that's it. Um, that just doesn't feel like it's as worthwhile. It's better to be more versatile, you know, and, and have like, especially like the one that I, the the first one that you get is for free is Peppermint's cooldown goes down. And it's like, well, yeah, I bring her in to shoot different things a lot of the time. And so I want to make sure that I have that. And then the one I got was um, building up reverb faster, I believe was the other one that I, that I bought early on, but I could see adding health. Um, <clears throat> interestingly enough though, and granted, like I was like a little bit poor on health at times, but I don't actually think, except for maybe some of the later boss battles, possibly, I don't think you need to prioritize health at all um, that much because you find things in the environment that'll upgrade your health. And if you get into a fight and you have like two slivers of health left, die, you'll start that fight with full health and you, you didn't need to worry about health. You just you let yourself get whacked twice and then come back to life. You got full health and you enter the battle and you just move on with your life. Just um, like amnesia. Yeah, well, maybe I don't know. I can't remember that game anymore. Apparently, but uh, but I don't know. So, so that's why I would say you're better off spending your money on some of the other upgrades to be able to do more things. Um, but oh, to each their own. To each their own. Yep, I, I looked it up. It's five chips. Five. Okay, that helps a little bit. But I was hoping it was like eight. So it's like, oh, okay, I could upgrade one, three. And then a couple twos, and then a couple more ones, and then like have lots of tools at my disposal. But five is whew, it just feels stressful. I'm just thinking about it. I'm stressed. <laughs> like, what do I do? Not me, because I'm never going back to Hi-Fi Rush. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is address the art style. This is a bright, colorful place. We all have some level of affinity for anime. John, did the artwork stand out to you? Yeah, it was awesome. Right, a little bit of Jet Set Radio, a little bit of like Fooly Cooly almost, right? right? Right, just and just vibrant and popped. Right, the the cool thing that they did is like you know yeah, so Chai's heart is now this iPod that's beating. The whole world beats, right? And there's so much style in like you know he's snapping and like and all of a sudden he's doing these little words snap. Right when he's mm -hmm. just standing there, and like so many like like little cool things like that, that they brought in like make it like like anime come to life. Yeah, I think it, I think it adds a style to this game that if it was any other style, it probably wouldn't be nearly as fun of a game. And I don't even think it's one of those things where if people don't like anime, that they would be turned off by the game. 
Um, but I think it I think it makes total sense as an art style for it. But what if it was like super metal and there were all these demons and it was like really hard to hit on the beat and if you couldn't hit on the beat you were just doomed to die and fail over and over and over again? Would that make it a better game? And it just looks constantly gross and grungy. Yeah. Nah. No. Well, that sounds awesome. <laughs> no, that's I think. Oh, I was gonna say like I think the art style is phenomenal. Um, and I think paired with that. Like, and we talked a lot about the characters, but the voice acting is phenomenal in the game too. And that's also what adds a lot of the humor to it. Uh, and I think that also, like, it pairs together really well because it, it sounds like you're playing an anime um, and, and looks like you're playing an anime. And it just, it all makes sense together and elevates everything else when you put it together as a whole. Yeah. I felt a lot of uh, Borderlands 2 impressions in this game as well like it maybe it was cell shading or just like the kind of cartoony art style but the two games that i really saw as inspiration for this were borderlands 2 and sunset overdrive i could see that um like persona was definitely one for me uh because i think a lot of the anime art style and just like the stylistics of a lot of things were were similar in in, in that vein um and so, so that was one of the big main things uh, that I kind of drew as a parallel, uh, like I mentioned earlier. And and it's funny that you mentioned Fooly Cooly because I didn't think of that until you said it, John. But uh, of course, it's like Fooly Cooly. You're hitting things with your gall dang guitar, like it makes exactly. perfect sense. <laughs> What's a Fooly Cooly? Fooly Cooly, ha! F L C L anime. It was an oh, anime that came out in the early 2000s that they just recently like released two new seasons to in the last couple of years. It's it's very weird and out there, um, but I I don't know. I loved it growing up, the, and it, the music in that is phenomenal. Um, and so that's another like good connection because um, it's sort of like um, you know it's rock music in that similar to this which makes sense because they both have guitars you know of course but um i think you'd like it tom um it's 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 pretty neat it's 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 weird and out there but i think you'd like it yeah anime is cool i'd love to watch more of it Marinzi, your overall thoughts impressions and takeaways from playing hi-fi rush a brand new game that we are playing within two months of its release on game pass yeah it's it's not a surprise to me that this ended up taking like I guess critics and fans consciousness by storm. Um, it's, I think it's, I think it's really cool how this came out of nowhere and instantly kind of captured a lot of people and wrapped them up in the game. And I know that there's some aspects of it that are clunky, which really makes me interested to see if they do what the next thing is that either this team, like, it's interesting because it kind of puts like Tango Gameworks at this weird crossroads where they've made mostly horror games and their breakout hit is this complete opposite of a horror game. And so I'm really curious to see what they do. I really do hope they do something like this in this vein. Um, and I mean, I think it would make sense because I'm sure they've learned a lot in making this. And I would really love to see them refining the combat and controls um, and then, like, building a new world in a similar vein. I would also like to see it not be a rhythm game, but do maybe some some other interesting take on an action game. 
um, and see what kind what kind of crazy fun things they could come up with on top of that. So um, overall, it's a, it's a great game. Uh, I really enjoy it. Um, not my favorite game by any stretch of the imagination, but it was lots of fun. And John, I think you have a great point to make, so we'll let you close this part of it. Uh, for me, this is not a very Tom-friendly game. There are elements that I like. The art style was killer. I, I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the setting. There's a lot of elements that I like, but for me, I couldn't overcome the rhythm-based gameplay. And although this was a way better experience than Metal Hellsinger in every way imaginable for me, uh, <clears throat> as much as I enjoy this game, like I know there's a boss that I'm not going to beat. So it's like, oh, okay, well, nice nice to know, know you, Hi-Fi Rush. I am done, <laughs> but uh, I'm not... It'll be interesting to see where this comes in in our end-of-year rankings discussion and where it fits in with the other games because I do think it's a really good game and I enjoyed it, but it's not a me game. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where it ends up. John, your final impressions and takeaways from Hi-Fi Rush. <clears throat> so... One thing I love about Game Pass Forever, that you guys are doing, and Game Pass in general, it reminds me of being a kid. It reminds me of walking into a store, walking into whatever the, your local video game store was, and there's all this randomness. And you got your five bucks, and you can get the one game that you're going to play the, that weekend, and you just got to cross your fingers that it's not junk, because you're going to play it either way. Right? And I, I'm going to read the Lion King and like be disappointed, because now... You know, it's the demon souls of, you know, my childhood. Hmm. That's what this game is. It's like that perfect weekend game where, like, you pick it up. I could have, like, like Mountain Dew and Cheetos and, like, yeah, I'm just going to keep playing and burning through and run around. And it's kind of mindless and fun. And, like, the bosses are fun. And I'm going to beat this boss and keep going. And I would just knock it out in a weekend, right? I mean, obviously, like, that doesn't happen anymore being an adult. But that's what this game was. It's just that game that I would have rented and played through with like my friends. And we would have had a good time hanging out, right? Laughing at like crazy jokes. Oh, look at this funny thing. Look what I found in the corner, right? And like would have remembered that and maybe rented it again. Yeah, it's an interesting thing with doing the podcast and with doing this segment specifically. Like I've always had a lot of guilt when I don't beat a game. It's like if I'm going to invest time in something, I should experience it all and I should get to the end credits uh what OIO has really helped me embrace is when it's time to let go of something and it's like mm -hmm. I totally agree John this would have been a great rental game as a youth and uh, I think that's an awesome point and very fun and heartfelt and I'm just I'm thankful at this current stage of my life I'm able to let go it's like all right I'm done with this let's uh let's move on to inside yeah yeah, you like the transition there, Burns? Next month, for Game Pass Forever, we are going to play Inside. Each month, the Patreon community gets to vote on the next title that we play. Each host gets to put up a different title. I put up uh, something awesome for this year. John put up Chained Chaos, Chaos Memories, Chaos Echoes, Chained Echoes. Uh, Chained Echoes, there you go. Yeah, some combination of words. But yeah. Burnsy, you put up Inside. I'll read a brief description of it, dear... Goodness, I hope this is the right game because I forgot to put it in before we started recording, but hunted and alone, a boy finds himself drawn into the That's center right. of a dark project. Nailed it. Inside is a dark, narrative-driven platformer combining intense action with challenging puzzles. It has been critically acclaimed for its moody art style, ambient soundtrack, and unsettling atmosphere. Bernsey, why'd you put up Inside for Game Pass Forever? Well, and I, 
<laughs> I hope I didn't oversell it in my little blurb that I put on the uh, the Discord because um, I feel like I did a pretty good job of of why I think it's a, a an interesting game. It it is one of it is probably the most what it's one of the most unique games that I've ever played, um, and it's it's probably one of the most critically acclaimed independent games um, in history. And so I think it's a really interesting... It, it'll be interesting to see what we all think about it. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I, we've played games that have used some of the same elements, but not kind of merged together in this type of a package. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious to think not just what, you know, the people that are going to be on the podcast think about it, but what the, the folks that, you know, like John are playing along um with us this next month because uh it's an interesting experience and i could see some people not liking it um i could see some people maybe it not resonating with but i can see some people really getting into it and really enjoying it and um also I i'm pretty busy the rest of this month and it's a very short game and it's a game i've already beaten and so it's like okay i know i can play through this again so you know that was like more of like the five head <laughs> reason for putting it up as well. Yeah, every time I put up a game like that, we end up playing Metal Hellsinger. So thanks a lot, Casey. <laughs> uh, and ironically enough, I ended up playing like 30 hours of Vampire Survivors on my Xbox Series S, like after we finished talking about Metal Hellsinger. You are so. kidding me, dude. You. Okay, we're going to talk about that offline. Quick side note. <laughs> Uh, Inside is currently on sale on Steam for $1.99 through March 16th. So if you listen to this, you can get a great deal on this game that we're playing. Uh, one other side note, uh, we encourage you to play Game Pass Forever games with us. We have a pretty active Discord community. Uh, to reach it, you can either email the show at overratedpod at gmail.com. That's overratedpod at gmail.com, and I'll send you the uh, link to join. Otherwise, you can hit me up on any social media platform at TomSidLogicOIO. If you enjoy this content, please back our show on Patreon. You can also uh, send a note to Hobbybox Burns on Twitter as he gives you... I was just going to say, the easiest way to get access to the Discord is to go to patreon.com slash OIO. And, you know, that's the best way to get in contact with Tom, you know, easily. You just pay $2, all it takes, and you, you'll get an invite to the Discord pretty fast. Yeah. True that, player. This segment, this standalone segment, Game Pass Forever, is tied to a specific tier of support on Patreon, and you can back us for as little as $2 a month. That $2 a month helps pay for all of the media that we uh, consume for the show. Like Game Pass Forever, that's 15 bucks a month for three different people that OIO pays for to discuss this. That's $45 a month. When we discuss new games like God of War Ragnarok, which was just on the main show last month, that's uh, three $70 games. That's $210. Like, there's a lot of expenses that add up with being uh, with doing a gaming podcast. And like Burns doesn't get paid. I, I take it as a win that I can afford to pay for his media for most of our shows. Uh, so if you enjoy Outside is Overrated, I really hope that you'll consider supporting us on Patreon. Um, also, we throw a baller party for our patrons in the summer, and we give out some pretty great prizes at that, like a PS5 and Xbox Series S, and a sweet prize to be determined later this year. Check it out at patreon.com slash OIO. Anything else you guys want to say about Hi-Fi Rush before we go? It's got a robot cat. Robot cats are awesome. And it's named 808, which is a great call. It's like the 808 beats, so... 
Yeah. I, I also I also really like that the receptionists that don't like ever do anything that they're supposed to are four oh four. I didn't catch that. That's great. Well, for John, for Joey, I'm Thompson Logic. Thank you for listening to Outside is Overrated. Stay inside, kids.